just as I said this morning over in West Nashville, uh, and uh, the message that I preached over there, uh, uh, the brother who taught the Bible class, um, uh, brother, brother Smith, uh, got up there and he started talking on some of the same thing uh, that, that God had given me to minister there. And uh, and even put up one of the main scriptures that I uh, that I chosen as part of my text, and uh, uh, for uh, confirmation of what uh, 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 God wanted said, and uh, you're going to find out. <laughs> You've heard uh, uh, Sister uh, Susie uh, mention Egypt, and then Sister Darlene, when she got up here and talked talked about Pharaoh. And uh, I have a feeling you're going to be amazed when you uh, uh, hear this message today. Uh, God has given, um, he's, he's let me know that we're all on the same track and that uh, he's directing this service. We're going to go to the book of Exodus and um, chapter 12, and we're going to read verse 13 for our text today. Exodus 12 and 13, and Brother Bobby talked about uh, um, uh, Pharaoh and in, uh, in the book of Exodus this morning. We're going to be kind of the same thing here all the way through this service. This is what it reads. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you. When I smite the land of Egypt, God, I know that I'm nothing, but you are everything. Once again, you have confirmed your word. And your message to this body today. I thank you, Lord. I don't trust myself, but I trust you. And I trust your spirit. And I know as long as I follow your spirit, I never go astray. Bless this message today. Speak to us from your word. In Jesus' name, let the church say, God bless you. You can be seated. Praise the Lord. I don't know why it is. I'm going to be preaching today a message titled, The Sign of the Blood. The Sign of the Blood. It seems like there's much, not much talked about the blood of Christ anymore. Uh, everybody's picking out the new songs and the contemporary music. Nothing wrong with some of those. I sing some of them myself. But I also miss the feeling and the power behind the old hymns, like there's power in the blood and uh, uh, all the songs about the blood in Calvary. Did you know 
that the early church, if you study history, the early church in the first century talked so much about blood that the people not in the church accused the people in the church of being cannibalistic. History says, and we have people who has wrote down about those so-called Christians, how they always meeting together and they talk about blood and and uh, and eating uh, eating the flesh uh, of their founder. These are words that's coming from pen that people have wrote about the early church because they were all the time talking about the blood of Christ. They were all the time talking about uh, that uh, his his flesh was word his word was flesh indeed and meat indeed and drink and all and all and all those things. They were all the time talking about it, and we don't talk about it very much anymore. But I want to talk about the sign of the blood. After four hundred thirty years in the land of Egypt. It came down to one night. One final plague would consummate the judgment of God on the land and liberate the children of God out of the land. Now here is the thing that some people miss in the evaluation of this matter. God never intended for Pharaoh to just let his people walk out, shake hands with the Egyptians and say, so long, it's been nice knowing you. When God called Moses to go and lead his people out, it wasn't on God's mind, and even you can kind of understand by the way Moses thought, Moses thought, he well, I've gotten the commission from God. I'm going on down there right now, and, and I'm going to tell, tell Pharaoh that God said let his people go. And we can find out by some of his words that he thought it was going to be just like that. But God never intended for them just to shake hands with the Egyptians and say, So long, been nice knowing you. You see, the fullness of time had come for judgment on the land of Egypt. So God made Pharaoh a pawn and used him to consummate divine judgment on his own land and on his own people. Pharaoh thought that he was in control of the situation. But God had him on a leash, leading him and this nation right to judgment. Now you see, church, it's right here that 2 Timothy 2 and 20 comes into play. 2 Timothy 2 and 20. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to to dishonor. Now, a lot of people don't understand this, but I'm here to declare to you today, and I'm here to tell you that Pharaoh was just as much a vessel of God as Moses was. 
The difference was in the type of vessel each man was. Moses was a vessel of honor, and Pharaoh was a vessel of dishonor. And the character of a man will determine the type of vessel he will be in the hands of God. Hallelujah. Whatever, if you're going to be a vessel of honor or you're going to be a vessel of dishonor, amen, the character that you possess will determine whether or not you're one or the other. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. Now, All those previous comments were intended just to give you some background and time setting in which the Scripture reference took place. The thought that we are going to draw on is the word token in reference to the blood of a Passover lamb which they were to place over the door of their houses. Remember, he said, and the blood shall be for you a token upon the houses. When you look that word up, this was the definition that I found for token. Now, you know, there there are different types of tokens. Let me say this. You know, I, I guess they still have them. I remember, I remember year, years ago you, you could get bus tokens. To let you ride the city bus. Uh, back back in the back in the summer, uh, our grand uh, babies, grand girls came out to spend the week with us while they was out, and uh, and we we took them um, to uh, uh, what was that place? Chuck E. Cheese, and uh, court, and then they got all kind of games for them to play, and you get tokens to put in those games to play those games. A token says something given as a mark, a flag, or sign to be shown as a guarantee as of authority, right, or identity. A distinguishing feature to be used as a signal or identification. Oh, hallelujah. I'm going some over this now. The Israelites' last night in Egypt would be a night to remember for hundreds of generations. The angel of God would be sent to every city, every town, and every village in the land of Egypt to bring God's judgment on a land full of idols, of false gods, and heathen worship. A nation who had afflicted and oppressed the children of God for over 400 years. Hallelujah. Until finally the cries of His people reached the citadels of heaven and the very throne room of God. Hallelujah. But before God sent judgment, He chose a means to mark His children, to differentiate them between the Egyptians and the token or the sign, the mark, the identity, hallelujah, of his children would not be in a language. It wouldn't be in the color of skin. It wouldn't be in the social status. It wouldn't be in the kind of clothes they had on. But the token, the sign that the angel would see that would be signaling out that made the dead 
they had taken a lamb that night. And they had went through all the process that God had told them to do on preparing that Passover lamb. They ate it with bitter herbs to help them remember the bitterness and the bondage of Egypt. They ate it in haste with their loins girded, their sandals on, and their staff in their hands because it was the Lord's Passover. God was ready to bring judgment upon those in Egypt. But before he sent the angel out, he told him, when y'all slay that lamb, you collect the blood in bowls or whatever they collected it in. And they would take it and they would put it and paint it upon the doorpost. It was a distinguishing mark that differentiated the Israelites from the Egyptians. Now, you've got to remember something here. The Israelites had been down in Egypt for over 400 years. After that length of time, well, my Lord, they had to be, uh, uh, they had to be picking up the same dialect of the Egyptians. Amen. There was a lot of things, amen, that they had learned. And by being down there that long, several generations had passed. Their homeland was far removed. So God says, there's got to be a distinguishing mark. Hallelujah. There's got to be a signal. Hallelujah. That what I sent out, the death angel to strike. You see, let me tell you something. God... He don't forget. When Moses was born, Egypt struck out against all the firstborn males of the Israelites. They told those Egyptians, uh, handmaids, that when 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 an Israelite woman gave birth, if it was a male child, that they were to kill it. Throw it in the Nile. That's how come Moses wound up in the, in the ark of bulrushes floating on the side of the Nile because his mother had, had did that to protect him. But see, God remembered all that. God don't forget. And God says judgment's going to come on Egypt because of how they dealt with my people. But I want to make sure I'm going to make sure that none of my people are going to be touched by this last plague of death. There's going, there's going, to, there's going to be a token put over the door that as the death angel approaches, he'll see that token, he'll see that mark. And God says, death can't enter this house. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Judgment can't come on this house because everybody in this house is covered by the blood of the past.
And God had another thing in mind. God was looking forward in time. As Brother Bobby said in his message this morning, he knows the end from the beginning. He knew way down thousands of years in time that the true Passover lamb would be offered. Hallelujah. Apostle Paul said, now Jesus Christ, our Passover is sacrificed for us. Glory to God. Amen. And when you apply that blood of that lamb over the doorpost of your heart, judgment came in there. Hallelujah. Romans said in chapter 8, there is now therefore no more condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. Why? Because I'm such a good fella? No. But because of the blood that covers my life, that is the distinguishing mark. That is the factor. Hallelujah. Let's just give God a hand clap of praise for that. And further talking about that, I want to briefly talk about our guarantee. If you remember part of the definition of the word token that I read to you a few minutes ago said something to be shown as a guarantee. As of authority, right, or identity. If the Israelites partook of the Passover lamb and then placed the blood over the doorpost of the house, it became their right, their guarantee that God would see the blood and pass over that house and terminate judgment for all in the house. Hallelujah. Amen. I got ahead of myself a while ago, but put it up there now. Romans 8, 1 and 2. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Oh, glory to God. That is shouting ground, church. Let me read to you that same passage part of it in a different translation, the God's Word translation, Romans 8 and 1. This is how it reads. So those who are believers in Christ Jesus can no longer be condemned. Hallelujah. That's what makes the devil so mad about you. He just gripes in so much. See, the devil remembers your past. He remembers the day that you belonged to him. Hallelujah. He remembers the day when Brother Douglas there would travel maybe up towards Heavensville, and it wouldn't be to go to a meeting up there at a church up there, it would be to go to the casinos. Hallelujah. He remembers all those things that all God's children wants to partake of before we became children of the King. Oh, hallelujah. And it just irks him 
to the utmost to know that he cannot, no matter how much he tries, no matter how much he tries to get other people sometimes in the church to have a condemning spirit on their brother and sister. But the devil himself knows that he cannot put any condemnation on those who are in Christ Jesus. And that's what gets him so upset that causes him to want to cause you so much pain and so much trouble because he knows that if you are in Christ Jesus and walk after the Spirit, he cannot touch you. No longer be condemned. You see, the Bible calls the devil the accusers of the brethren. Did you know that? We even find out the Bible says the old devil's got a lot of nerve. He's got a lot of gall. Hallelujah. He even tried, amen, to stand there. Amen. And dispute about the body of Moses and accuse him before God. But Michael the archangel stepped in and said, The Lord rebuke thee. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. I don't know how you feel about it, folks, but I'm glad to know that I got even some angels on my side. Hallelujah. I got some angels. Glory to God that step in for me when I'm in need. Hallelujah. And it looks like the battle is going down. Oh, Michael or old Gable will step right in because I am a child of the King. And you've got a guarantee of that. It's your right. It's your guarantee because you've had the blood applied to your life. Hallelujah. God made a promise, a guarantee to Moses that if, if the blood was applied, no judgment come to the house. He would see it and pass over the house. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 7 through 14. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which on earth. Oh, glory to God. You got some loved ones that's been gone on, folks? It's on the other side. The day's going to come that we're going to be gathered together. Those, with those, The ones on the earth and the ones in heaven is going to be gathered together in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That is glorious. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, both which are in heaven and on earth in Him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of Him who worketh all things after the counsel of His own will, that we should be, uh, uh, should be to the praise of His glory who first trusted in Christ, and whom also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also that you believed, Ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, 
verse 14, which is the earnest of our inheritance. Do you know what that, that phrase means, the earnest of our inheritance? It means it's your guarantee. God has guaranteed this for you, church. Hallelujah. Until the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise of His glory. Hallelujah. Give God a praise for that. Hallelujah. One more point. One more point. We're going to close. There's also a benefit of having a clear conscience. A clear conscience. Hebrews 9 and 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, there's the blood, the blood of the Passover lamb, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Church, when condemnation is eradicated, there is an automatic cleansing of the conscience. To walk free of guilt is a blessed and glorious thing. Isn't that marvelous? To be able to live free of guilt? Why? Because the blood of the Passover land purges the conscience. It cleanses the conscience. It gives you a clear conscience. Here's a good example. The woman at the well had a conscience with the guilt of her sin. We know that she went to draw water at the time that she knew the other women of the village would not be there. At the time that she went there and met Jesus at the well, that was not the time according to the customs what we found out about the Bible back in those days, that was not the time of the day that all the women came to draw water. So this lady, under so much guilt, no doubt a lot of the other people in the, in the community would be whispering as she walked down the street. One of them would whisper to somebody, there goes, there goes that home record right there. She's been married five times. And now she's living somebody not even married to him. This lady knew what the feeling of guilt was. She understood. That's how come she went to draw water at the time that she did so nobody else from the village would be there. But thank God and for her sake, Jesus was there. Can you say amen? When Christ spoke unto her, Life, when he spoke unto her life, the guilt was gone. She didn't feel guilty no longer. Hallelujah. The Bible said she went running. Hallelujah. This wasn't somebody with their head hung down church. Hallelujah. She didn't have no shame no more. She could walk down the street of the city like she was somebody. Hallelujah. Glory to God because Jesus had eradicated the guilt because when the condemnation is gone, the guilt is gone. And she went running into the city crying out, come see a man who's told me everything that I've done. sign of the blood. I'm glad for the blood of Christ today. I'm so glad 
that it still has power and it still works. And whatever need that you face in your life, the blood still has the power to take care of it. Everybody stand. If, you, if there's anybody here 